Our reading can be found in the second letter of Peter, and we're reading chapter 3 in its entirety. 2 Peter chapter 3, and in the NIV it's headed, The Day of the Lord. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of these as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and our Saviour through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this, our thing, our, this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away with the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So we're in this uh, little series, all based on our our little survey that we did about moving forward, and we were asking uh, these three questions, you know, what do we do well, what could we do better, and what we what don't we do, and the results are all in the lounge on those uh, sheets of papers. We've had church meetings about it, we've had deacons meetings about it, and we've got a, a deacons away day where we're trying to... Uh, Think about what what God is maybe saying to us through all this, and hopefully through these series of sermons, it's also helping us uh, focus on some of these things. We started off by uh, looking at one of the areas that we said we don't do well. We we're looking at evangelism, and we talked about sharing Christ in a Christless culture. And we were looking at Acts 17, and we said what was Paul's motivation, what was Paul's method, and what was Paul's message. And then we were looking at uh, the fact that Jesus said, I will build my church. And we said the church needs to be Jesus-centered. church needs to be community-orientated. And the church needs to be mission-focused. And this week we're thinking uh, about time. Uh, and of course, uh, moving forward is, is, is about time. And uh, we're looking at this passage and, and particular... Uh, this verse, but don't forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And uh, the first thing I want to say about this passage is that uh, God is operating 
in a different time zone to us. God is operating in a different time zone to us. And this passage is about God's time and not our, our time. I don't know if you've ever travelled in different time zones. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It leaves us uh, sometimes feeling a little bit jet-lagged. Uh, sometimes I, I speak to a friend of mine uh, over in America and he's in a different time zone. And uh, it's funny because although we talk quite regularly, we always comment on, oh, well, what time is it over there? And, you know, it's a big thing. And we realise there's five hours difference. But it, it seems like, oh, you've, you, you've only just got up and I'm having my dinner. Or, you know, you're having your dinner and I'm having my tea. And it's like there's different time zones that we live in. And, and God is operating outside of our time zone. But it's very hard for us to think outside our time zone, isn't it? You know, we're here now in this moment. And uh, we're all experiencing this same moment but actually, we're experiencing it in a different way. Uh, your experience of this moment will be very different than my experience. Uh, I'm experiencing it from where I am, stood here behind the pulpit. You're experiencing it from where you are, sat in the chairs, listening to me. So although we're in the same time zone, we don't necessarily experience it in the same way. But the, the difficulty is, and the point I'm trying to make is, we tend to think of things within our own time zone and our own setting and God is operating in a different time zone. He says, don't forget this. Don't forget this one thing. Some of you have got long memories will remember that I had a thing about uh, the one thing. Do you remember it kept popping up in different passages of scripture we were looking at? When we were looking at the, st- the story of Mary and Martha, you know, um, Jesus said, you know, uh, but, but, but Mary's concentrated on the one thing that matters. And when we were looking at the story of the rich young ruler, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, but one thing you lack. And here in this passage, uh, Peter says, but don't forget this one thing. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Do you ever feel like you're having a long day? (laughs) It's nothing compared to the Lord's. (laughs) I'm only joking. So the, the, the Lord's mass is it's different than ours. Uh, with the Lord, a day equals a thousand years, and a thousand years equals a day. Uh, and uh, the psalmist in Psalm 90 says a similar thing, for a thousand years in, in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or a watch in the night. So we're operating in a different time zone. And this is important because, um, as Peter referred to, this passage um, is... Peter's talking about the fact that Jesus hasn't returned. And if, if people in Jesus in Peter's day thought it was a long time coming, uh, I'd suggest that we've almost forgotten about it, haven't we? We've almost forgotten about this promise that one day Jesus will return. Whilst it, it is true that in Peter's time and in Paul's time, uh, they were expecting this day to be any moment, I guess, and I might be wrong, but I'm guessing you and I, are probably not expecting it to be any moment. In fact, if we're honest, if we're honest, most of us, there'll be an exception. Someone will come to me afterwards and tell me that they're the exceptions for real. But I guess most of us are not really expecting Jesus to come back in our lifetime. Is that true? No. <laughs> I said there'd be one, there'd be one. There is. But I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not expecting Jesus to come back in my lifetime. That's, I'm not expecting it. Um, 
And uh, there's a sense in which we don't tend to talk about it very much. There's times and seasons where, where people are, you know, prophesizing that it's going to happen here and it's going to happen then. And sometimes people even give dates and everybody, you know, runs the clock down and then a date passes by and people tend to forget about it until somebody else comes up with a, a new idea that they've worked out what Daniel was saying or what some other prophet was saying and it fits in with, with this that's going on over here or this that's going over there. And they try and tie all the loose ends together and come up. But the truth is, of course, we don't know. And, uh, and Jesus, of course, said when his disciples were, were, were talking to him in, in the beginning of Acts about, you know, should we expect it? And he, he said even he doesn't know. Uh, so maybe we shouldn't be too worried about uh, Jesus' return. But it's more important that, uh, that what we do when, while we're waiting is really what is important. And the thing about time, it's funny, isn't it? Because we, we, we tend to, to, to kind of always be short of time. Do you ever feel like you're short of time? You know, we, we, we do talk about, you know, t- we're running, we're, we're running out of, we're running out of time or the, the clock is ticking. Uh, there aren't enough hours in the day. Do you ever say that? There aren't enough hours in the day. There aren't enough days in the week because we're so busy. And, and time almost seems to be uh, against us. Um, or we say, you know, time's up. We've, you've missed your time or, or things like that. And, uh, Sometimes, of course, we want to control time, don't we? We, we, we? Sometimes people talk, oh, I wish I could go back in time and, and, and put things right or do things differently because we want to be able to, to have that control over time. And uh, Peter says, but don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day that, that God doesn't operate within our time. zone. He's not limited like we are. We are limited by time, aren't we? There'll be a, a time comes when you, when, you, when you start looking at watches and think, Richard, you know, your time's up, we've, we've had enough, we want to move on and do something else now. And uh, God isn't limited by our time. But sometimes we, we, the mistake that we make is because we live in a time zone, we try to fit God into our time zone rather than us fitting in with his time zone. And that's why we become impatient. And that's why we're, we're, we, we are most of the time impatient. Uh, William Barclay says, it's only against the background of eternity that things appear in their true proportions and assume their real value. You see, if you think of, if you think of eternity, which I guess we don't tend to think of eternity any more than we, we think of, uh, Jesus' return. Eternity, well, it's a long time, isn't it? Eternity. It's kind of forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It just goes on forever. And so actually, if you think of our lifespan in terms of eternity, uh, we're not here for very long. Uh, as Rick Warren says, in, he says, measured against eternity, our time on earth is just a blink of the eye. Uh, but of course it doesn't seem that to us because we are in this time zone and we're not looking at it from God's perspective. Uh, life on earth is pretty short. What are you doing? Why are you doing so many things that have no impact on eternity? We do get kind of caught in the moment, don't we? And sometimes we think things are more important than they actually are. And we rush about doing this and that and, and the other because we think that we have to do so much in our time, that we have to fill our time. We have to fill every moment of our space and time with things that are so vital and important. But from the perspective of eternity, uh, perhaps some things are more important than others. But don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So... God operates in a different time zone. That's the first thing. And it's, it's God's time and it's not ours. And uh, whilst we're rushing about doing this, that and the other, uh, sometimes it is good just to stop 
And as we're thinking of moving forward, one of the feelings that, that some of us have had is, is almost that God is, 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 is asking us to kind of stop and take stock. And uh, this leads us on to our second thing, which is about timekeeping. And uh, God has a different way of keeping time than we do. And this is about God's speed and not ours. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. If you've been down Burnley Road East uh, recently, you will have come across a sign like this. When red light shows, wait here. How do you feel when you see a sign like that? Is it a, ah, or is it a, ah? I guess it's a, ah, because we see these like signs like that wherever we go, basically, don't we? Uh, we do spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? We wait at traffic lights, we wait in, in, in queues at the supermarket, we wait, we, we spend a lot of time waiting, and, and most of our waiting, I would suggest, is more the ah than the ah. Um, how patient are you when you're waiting? Well, the truth is, we're not very patient at all. Um, because we're not in tune with God's timekeeping. We tend to, we tend to keep half an eye on the clock. If you're keeping half an eye on the clock this morning, it's a waste of time. Waste of time. Uh, because the clock stopped at a, a few minutes to seven. It's not right. I haven't gone on for that long. Uh, but even the clock that stopped is right twice a day. So, how patient are we? Are we in the waiting room? We tend to think of waiting rooms. I don't know, how do you think of waiting rooms? Tend to be, tend to think of waiting rooms not a very nice place. We associate them with the waiting room with the dentist or the doctors, don't we? Places where we're waiting, maybe not for good news or for something not very nice to happen. And sometimes we feel that we are in God's waiting room. We're waiting. Uh, but it's not always a very pleasant experience. And Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. I love this. How do you understand slowness? Um, it seems obvious, doesn't it? When... When something's happening, perhaps not as fast as we would like it to happen. And uh, Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. And of course, this refers back to the fact that people say, look, nothing's happening. Uh, Jesus doesn't appear to be coming. Well, what are we talking about saying Jesus' return is, is imminent? It doesn't, nothing's happening. And of course, that's their understanding of slowness. And, uh, of course, they're in a long line of people who, who, who berated God about the fact that, you know, how long, the psalmist cries out, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long do we have to wait is the cries of many of the Old Testament people and the cries of many people today. How long, O oh Lord, do we have to wait? And it is that, ah, rather than the, ah. And there's something about waiting, isn't there? Uh, that we need to learn about. Because the Lord isn't slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. You see, we don't understand uh, God's speed because it's not the same as our speed. We live in a world where everything's instant, isn't it? Uh, I went to uh, America recently, you, you know, and uh, I, I was amazed that the, the, the number of dry... You know, we, we, we have a, a, a drive through McDonald's now, don't we, just up the road... But they have drive through everything. They have a drive through bank, a drive through pharmacy. You can just drive through and kind of, you know, just do your business without even getting out of the car. It, it seems marvellous. We want everything now, don't we? We don't want to wait for anything. We think it's, we think it's a bad thing when we're kept waiting. And sometimes, you know, we see that in the queues that people get very impatient and even annoyed and angry and cross as they're waiting. 
And uh, the psalmist has other things more positive to say about waiting. When I wait, you strengthen my heart, Psalm 27. You're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me, Psalm 119. We wait in hope. He is our help and our shield, Psalm 33. And uh, the psalm that, uh, that Peter referred to earlier, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. There's something in the Bible about how we wait on God. And it seems to be that the, the Bible is telling us to wait in more of a kind of, ah, rather than a, ah. Different time of timekeeping. And of course Isaiah says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. It's about God's speed and not ours. And we all know the uh, anxiety and impatience. We've all prayed prayers um, that we want to be answered straight away. And, uh, and no doubt there's people here this morning who have either been disappointed because it seemed that God didn't answer the prayer or they are disappointed because they're still praying that same prayer. And of course the the answer isn't easy but the answer is not to give up. The answer is to continue on praying and the answer is to continue to seek God. And uh, it is difficult. It is difficult to keep on praying and it is difficult to wait. Uh, but it seems that, that I have a sense that God is calling us uh, to wait on him and to seek him rather than to rush into activity because that's almost our, our kind of fallback position uh, on the list of things that we've got out there. There's a whole list of things, uh, suggestions. And as soon as we got them in, some people were saying, oh, we can do this, we can do that, we can do that, let's get, let's get on, let's get on with it. And there's a sense in which, well, hang on a sec, let's just, let's just wait and let's try and discern what God might be saying to us, rather than rush into activity. Because we tend to associate activity with kind of spirituality. The more busy we are, you know, you've all seen that, that kind of caption, haven't you? You know, Jesus is coming, look busy. Uh, do you know what I mean? As, as if somehow uh, busyness equals some kind of depth of spirituality, where there is this kind of whole uh, thing in the Bible about waiting on God. Uh, Getting into his time zone, his way of timekeeping, rather than being pressurised by the timekeeping in the world, which says, you know, you've got to do it now. Now's the moment. Act now. Don't wait. Uh, and maybe sometimes God is saying, well, wait. Wait for the right time. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Some instance, Lord, he said, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Um, you know, we're thinking, if you think in the Bible, you know, Joseph had to wait 13 years, Abraham 25 years, Moses 40 years, Jesus waited 30 years before he began his ministry. And there's a whole line and list of people who were kept waiting or waited for the right moment. And maybe God's saying to us, just wait and see. Just wait and see. God's speed and not ours. Uh, Henry Newham in his book, The Sabbatical Journey, says, Waiting is a period of learning. The longer we wait, the more we hear about him for whom we are waiting. I quite like that, the idea that as we wait, um, we don't wait, we're not doing nothing. Sometimes think, people think when, you, when you're waiting on God, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of inactivity, whereas actually it, there's a real activity in waiting on God, being patient, listening to God. 
Uh, we would rather kind of jump in, wouldn't we, rather than, than wait, you know. We're not comfortable with times of silence, are we? Come on, Mitchell. <laughs> you know, we don't like it, do we? When, when, if you're listening to the podcast, that was a, a, a deliberate pause there. Waiting. Remember, God is patient. It gives us time to change. Uh, God does not want anyone to perish. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. And uh, there is time. Time hasn't run out. So God's a uh, different way of timekeeping. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. So it isn't that God is slow. It's just that we've not really understood the way that God keeps time. Because with God, a day is like a, a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And then finally, uh, but the day the Lord will come like a thief, which kind of suggests that we, it'll come at a time when we're not expecting it. So I might be wrong. You know, it could be tomorrow. And you'll be able to tell me, see? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> um, but this is about a different timetable. And it's about God's day and not ours. You see, we have diaries, don't we? And, uh, and, and watches and clocks and computers and, and we have schedules. And uh, we're always on the clock, aren't we? We're always uh, looking at the clock and watching and, and we make plans. And, and, and we're, there's nothing wrong with all these things, of course. Except for we expect God to fit in with our timetable. So we say, God, we want you to do this now, on this particular day, at this particular time. We want you to act when it's convenient with us. And we want you to fit in with our plans. And of course, we smile and we laugh because we realise that that's the wrong way round. That we're called to follow God and fit in with God's timing and try and seek his plans and fit in with his schedule. But because of the way that we live in this world, we're used to timetables and diaries and schedules and plans. And uh, we we do fall into that trap of wanting God to fit in with our timetable. I've got time for you now, God. And so can you can you fit me in? Because I'm, I'm busy for the, for the rest of the day, but I'll, I'll give you this bit of time now. Uh, and sometimes God does almost force us to stop, doesn't he? So God's day and, and not our day. And of course, the Bible does say that, that one day all this will come to an end. And that there'll be a new heaven and a, and a new earth. And uh, to be honest, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? Uh, we sometimes sing the song, don't we? I, I can only imagine what, to be honest, I can't imagine what it, I can't imagine what it'll be like. Because it's beyond our imagination. It's outside of our our, our, our thinking, our understanding what it'll be like. I'm sure it'll be fantastic and marvellous and wonderful. Um, and I'm sure that one day it will come. But I don't know when. Uh, but it's not too late. It's not too late. There's still time. There's still time for us to make a difference. There's still time for us to reach out to all those who have yet to receive. Peter says that God doesn't want anybody to be lost. Uh, Rob Bell in his controversial book, Love Wins, you know, asked the question, does God get what he wants? And who knows? Who knows? But it isn't too late. There's still time. Uh, but the day the Lord will come like a thief. It will come one day. And the important thing is what we do while we're waiting. 
And of course, Peter goes on to say, this is how you should, you should live holy and good lives. And, uh, you should, you should be patient in your waiting. And so, different timetable. The important thing is, is that we synchronize our watches every, twice a year we, we put our clocks back or forward or whatever and we move the clocks to fit into the time scale of our world. The challenge for us is to synchronize our watches to God's time. To put our clocks on, in God's time. And uh, to seek him and to wait on him. And uh, to wait for God to speak to us and direct us. Because he will. Uh, and so God lives in a different and operates in a different time zone. Let's not forget that. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. It's about God's time and not our time. It's about a different way of timekeeping. It's God's speed and not ours. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as someone does not stand slowness. And it's about a different timetable. But the Lord, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And it's about God's day and not our day. And so as we prepare to wait on God, we're going to do that as we, as we meet around the Lord's table. Um, and again, this is just an opportunity for us to stop and to listen and to receive from God rather than to try and rush from one thing to another. So let's use this time, let's use this opportunity, let's use this space to wait on God. And let's gather around his table.